Welcome everyone to the latest episode of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi. I'm really excited to be here with my next guest. Her name is Bee Hansen and she's the executive director of the Coastal Bend Food Bank. Thank you so much for doing this on such short notice. Oh, you're welcome, Brittany. How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, I'm just excited to be here and especially with someone who's made such a difference in the community. And so how long have you held this position here at the food bank? I've been with the food bank for 20 years, almost 21 will be in September. Okay, September I'm going to come of age. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, September what? The September 17th. Okay, okay. What is that? No, I was about to say this. Yes, you say it's the 16th. Yeah, it's almost there. I, know, almost I celebrated there. the Mexican flag and then I came to work. Yeah. <laughs> And so did you start off as the executive director? Or? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes, I have had other positions very similar like this. I worked for Lutheran Social Services before. Uh, Lutheran so Social Services of the South is the name. And I used to run their counseling program and uh, the adoption program. Okay. And then uh, I worked for the Creative Arts Center. I was executive director. And then we... Um, merged with the university and the art museum and uh, the art museum offered me a job as a development person for the museum and um, I just couldn't see myself just sitting down in front of a computer writing grants right which is a lot of what I do but uh -huh. I'm a people person Absolutely. and I needed to be out in front of people so I opened the paper found uh, uh, the job that the um, for the food bank and uh, I apply and uh, lo and behold I got the job I had no idea what I was doing right that's amazing yes I you know I have guts yeah that's one thing I do have. yeah and that's so admirable because most people would probably be like wow this is a cushy job with the art museum you know like you said writing grants mm -hmm. and that kind of thing take it and you were just kind of like that that's not a good fit and I think that's amazing well I, I really you know I had when the, when the board interviewed me, they were interested in my ability to run a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And that I could do. Right. I had done it before. I knew how to write grants. I knew how to um, manage uh, an organization. However, I had no idea how complicated it is to I don't manage think a lot food. Of people, yeah, I don't think very many people do. I know I don't. No, because it's, it's a perishable, you know, the, 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 the retailers are afraid to donate the food because what if people get sick, what mm. if we get sued, and uh, us having to manage. Listen, when you are managing food and somebody sends a recall oh, for certain products, yes. and we have boxes and boxes of food, and we need to find if right. there is any of those products in there. It's, it gets very complicated. Yes. And those are the kind of things that you don't think about. You no know? way. I knew that we will have to inspect the food. I figured we had to pack the food in a way that wouldn't go bad, that we mm -hmm. need a refrigeration. But there is so many other aspects um, to the business of managing food that it was an eye-opener for me. So the first week that I came to work here, I went to the warehouse. I rolled up my sleeves and I said, okay, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. And I started uh, cleaning cans and packing food and, and inspecting food and do everything from the bottom up. Right. So I could have a very good idea of, so nobody will come and tell me, oh, it can be done. Oh yes, it yeah. can be done because I've done it. Right, and that to me is such an excellent quality in a leader is that you're willing to go down there and get your hands dirty kind of thing. And uh, 
like you said, learn from the people that have been here and, and have done it. And that sounds to me how you approached it. Exactly. Which is amazing. Oh, they were my best teachers. Yeah. Absolutely. But that also helped us have a good uh, communication mm -hmm. and trust and the fact that we were partners. I mean, I had a position to manage the whole place, but we were partners. I couldn't do it without them. Right. And then you're coming in knowing that and knowing uh, and willing to say, I don't quite know all there is to know yet. <laughs> this says a lot about you and, and to me makes you such a, an influential woman here. Well, I mean, thank you. Yeah, being able to Actually, say you know, I have a very strong faith. Mm -hmm. And with my faith, I have a commitment to be of service. So when I got this job, I realized that it wasn't about me. It was about the, the mission of the food bank mm -hmm. and the people that may have to go to bed hungry. And I fortunately have never had to go to bed hungry. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what I would have done if my children were hungry and I couldn't feed them at night. Right. And so I realized that um, I, was being, I was given a great responsibility and I had to do it but I couldn't do it by myself. I had to do it with God. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge responsibility because you huge, are yes. providing for 11 counties? 11 counties, yes. Yeah, I mean, so not just an oasis. And that's why they changed your name to Coastal Bend Food Bank, Exactly, right? yes. More yeah. rep representative of what we do. Right. But I mean, we serve from Farfurias all the way to uh, Three Rivers, um, George West, Beeville, or Alice to the west. I mean, we, we go all around the coastal bend area. And even uh, during most recently Hurricane Harvey, I mean, you guys help people even out of that, right? Yes. Yeah. In fact, we are still helping. Uh, so the, the food bank, uh, the Victoria serves all the way to Refugio. That's, that's our line. But because Refugio is so far away from them, then we took over and mm -hmm. we've been serving um, the um, they are building homes for people whose houses or or uh, trailers were destroyed, and every time they uh, the family comes and moves into their new home or the new trailer, we are filling these trailers up with food and everything else, cleaning supplies, personal care items. Uh, yeah, so that that's huge. It is because it not is. only are you maintaining the kind of donations that you normally have to deal with, but you're also helping people. Even more so. I mean, it, it just blows my mind. But y'all were able to do that because the community participated so that, much, right? That, you know, we could not have done it without the help of the community. They poured their resources. The volunteers showed up in groups right after the hurricane. Children, parents. It was amazing. We, it was an eye-opener. And, you know, that's what makes us strong is when we work together when we pull together yes. to, to get out of a situation. And that's what happened here. It was amazing. Uh, our staff, hands-on from the public, uh, families, children. Uh, we had uh, donations from all over the United States and uh, the world. We had a guy that called. Really? Oh, yes. We wow. had a guy that called from Scotland. Wow. And he wanted to know our account number so we could borrow our address so he could send us a check. So it was it was amazing. That is amazing. Yes. I mean, uh, wow, I didn't realize that you guys had help from all over the country, but it makes sense. But then to hear from somebody in a completely different continent. Amazing. Wow. And you know what was even even better for us was that 
you know, uh, uh, Puerto Rico got a double yes. hit. Yes. And so one of the things that we learned through the hurricane is that we needed help. Our staff was here 24 hours. There was one night when our, some of our staff called other staff and said, come and relieve me. I just, I'm too tired. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were operating 24 seven. Oh my goodness. And, um, for how long? Uh, for about two months. Wow. Well, no, the first four weeks. Right, right. And then we eased down on, on, the, on the long hours. But uh, though in the beginning, and we didn't ask for help to other food banks. They mm -hmm. would have sent us trained staff oh, to definitely. help us out. But we were so focused on doing what we needed to do and the task at hand that we did not look around and ask for more help. Right. So that was lesson number one. Mm -hmm. I will never do that again. But when Puerto Rico was hit again, and we had trained people here that have been through it, we sent some of our staff to go and help them over there. Really? Yes. Wow. We had four employees. Two went first, and they um, helped for about um, three or four weeks right after the hurricane. When they got there, there was no electricity. There was That's no water. right. They were without electricity yes. for a long time. And the, and the food bank only had one, um, one forklift that worked. The other one only worked until it got hot. Oh my goodness! So they were having to kind of uh, take turns mm -hmm. working with, with the forklift. And then Feeding America went in and, and helped them with the equipment. But uh, we realized how lucky we were. We had the equipment. We had the yes. trucks. Other food banks close by that came and helped us distribute. But being so isolated as Puerto Rico is. Yes. So we sent two employees, and then a month later, we sent two more employees that helped distribute. It was amazing. I had no idea. I mean, so not only are you guys, you know, helping out those in the 11 counties, but when needed, you're willing to go, yes. in, you know, Well, and that's, that's kind of the culture of food banking, mm -hmm. especially in Texas. There is 20, 20, 21 food banks in the state of Texas, and mm -hmm. we cover every county in this state. And we are very helpful to one another. When something is happening and somebody needs help, we jump up and we help one another. And that is, that's the culture. That right. is what makes us so powerful. Absolutely, I mean, how, how can you help you know, wanting to reach out as far as you can whenever you have that kind of support. I, I right. think that's great. Right. So how did you get into, you know, working for nonprofits and that kind of thing? I mean, where'd you grow up? How, how did, you know what I mean? What led you to this life? God. I love that. <laughs> because, but, and I believe yes. you. Well, because I, I was born and raised in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. I, if you had told me that I was going to live in the United States, that I will be working, feeding people, and speaking English, that I will be on, <laughs> on a program speaking English. I would have laughed. That was not part of my plan whatsoever. Okay, so what was your plan? My plan, well, I was a teacher, I went to college. Well, my parents were not very wealthy, but that was, um, the, my father had told my brother and I that he was not rich that he was not going to leave us any money when, when he died. But his inheritance to us was uh, our education. I love so that. So there was no question that my brother and I had to go to college. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so when, when, um, when I graduated from high school and I went to college, I, I was going to be a teacher. And uh, my brother uh, 
went to medical school and he was an um, orthopedic surgeon. Wow. So, uh, you know, we both were given the tools to fight in life. Exactly, which to me speaks so much more than just being given a sum of money. Don't get me wrong, that, no. that's an amazing thing to bestow your children, but an education now. Oh yeah, we know. can continue to feed ourselves Absolutely. this yeah. way. So uh, when I came to the United States, I could not teach because I was not a citizen. My, I married a, my first husband was from Corpus Christi. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got married and I came to live here in Corpus Christi. I've been here over 50 years. So this, I've lived here longer than I ever lived in Mexico. Wow. I did not speak English. Even when uh, you came to the States? Mm, yes, I, I, could, I could understand some, I could read it, but if you ask me, to tell you what happened in the movie last night, mm -hmm. I didn't have the vocabulary, I right. didn't have the words. How old were you? I was 23. Okay, wow. So uh, at that point, I just uh, started learning English. I sat in front of the television and watched TV and I was so frustrated because people were laughing and I didn't know what they were <laughs> laughing about. But you know, one day I started picking up more and more and I was understanding and before you know it, I was able to communicate in English. Mm -hmm. And it, it took about six months. Okay. And then after that, I uh, started looking for a job and I went to work for, the, in those days, they call it the welfare office. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the county welfare, and it was the best school I could have gone to because it taught me about government, it taught me about people, it opened the doors of the homes of people I had to make home visits. I had to help people and, um, and learn about what things were available to help them with. Wow. So I got a, a great education in how to work the system. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for many years, almost eight years. And um, yeah, that sounds like a really good starting point to kind of set you yes. on the next path. And then I, um, a friend of mine, she was a nurse, a great lady. Uh, she worked for MHMR, and mm -hmm. I had been working with MHMR patients, and so she had gotten to know me and offered me a job with what in those days was called um, it was a daycare program. We had a daycare for people that have mental problems. Okay. And the um, MHMR paid for me to go to, back to college and learn about group therapy and do all this kind of thing. So somehow I was thrown into this counseling mentality mm -hmm. thing and start doing counseling with people. And since I was bilingual, it was very helpful Absolutely. because I could help. Especially down here. Yes. And so I worked with MHMR for another eight, eight years or so. It, and and it was oh it was a great team, and this lady Carol Eccles, was, who was my boss, was my model on how to manage and how to communicate and how to listen to people, and she I was the that. best teacher. And so I have modeled the way that I manage after her. She was uh, she was my mentor. See, I think that's great because. You, I mean, you know, everybody's helpful to everyone, but I mean, this podcast is specifically to highlight strong women who are, mm -hmm. who are being influential. And for you to give a shout out to her, yes. I mean, it's great. Like you are just creating more and more generations of women who are extremely capable and making a difference. Yes, yes. I mean, I have had the best mentors and uh, 
just very giving people and, and very qualified people. So anyways, after that, I went to work for um, uh, the, the, the Lutheran Social Services mm -hmm. and also had counseling because of the counseling background that I had. And also we did adoptions. So we did a lot of counseling with the birth mothers and with the prospective adoptive parents. It was a great job. I love putting families together. Oh, yeah, what's more rewarding than yes. that, right? Wow. And um, so uh, that was fantastic. And then uh, it came to an end because we found a building that was um, on Alameda that had belonged to the Lutheran Hospital, something out of Chicago, and they had done um, drug intervention there and that it, because they had used bond money had to be used just for drug treatments mm -hmm. and so they hadn't been able to sell it well being that I work for Lutheran Social Services we work with um, Lutheran Hospital out of Chicago they sold oh, the wow. bonds or I don't know what they did some legalities but, but they released the building so we could use it for um, a residential facility and then they turned that building into rescue for youth. Okay. Children that were. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the Boken Camp mm -hmm. program here. And so at that point, I walked myself out of a job. And, right. And that's when I went to work for the Creative Arts Center and eventually to the food bank. But had you asked me how I got here, that wouldn't have been at all the path yeah. that I had chosen at all but I love it I mean it really fulfilled my life yes and it has opened doors and opportunities for me that that were beyond what I could have asked and so do you find that you know because you said you have experience in, in counseling people and that kind of thing mm -hmm. are you having to utilize those skills while here as well of course right yes. I mean it's just <laughs> like you said you were brought here by God you feel yes. and so every Every you know, step, it had a plan. Correct. And, and let me tell that. you, there was one time that I was sitting here at my desk, and uh, we have a pantry here. We don't run the pantry. There's two churches that run the pantry, uh, one on Tuesdays, and the volunteers from um, um, Arlington Heights, uh, volunteers, Arlington Heights Church of Christ, run that pantry. And on Fridays is... Um, the First United Methodist Church volunteers that run it. So uh, we have little to do with it except, you know, help them out if they need help. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting here and somebody came and knocked on my door and he said, you know, there is a homeless man sitting outside and he doesn't want to come in, but he says he's hungry. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, I went out there and I, I stood up and I look at him and he's sitting on the sidewalk he has just urinated through his clothes. He's sitting on his urine. Yeah. Uh, he's filthy and uh, very quiet, very calm. And immediately my middle class standards kicked in and I thought, oh my God, you need more than food. You mm -hmm. need a bath, you need clean clothes. You need probably need some medical treatment. You need food right. and yeah, probably a bed to sleep at night. So uh, I immediately started talking to him about shelters or possibilities, mm. and he very, very polite. He said, no, ma'am, I've done the shelters, but I just don't do shelters well, but I am hungry. And I thought, okay. Uh, so I said, well, we'll see what we can do. So we came into the pantry and we prepared him some boxes of, uh, of uh, 
bags of food and, and brought them back to him and I thought he'll get up and go. Mm-hmm. No, he took one bag and took everything out of it, then the other bag, and then start putting things back into one bag. And then he gave me that bag and he said, I won't eat this. You can give it to somebody else. He just took what he needed. Wow. And I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, what happened? Mm-hmm. This, this man spoke very well. He was very polite. You could tell that he had had some training, some education. Uh, but he had made a decision in his life. He lived the day, the moment, what he need was in that moment. Yes. And he didn't need any more. Right. And I needed to respect that in Mm -hmm. him. Absolutely. And not impose my values in him. Mm -hmm. I would have sent him to a dentist. I would have. Right, right. Let me change it. Yes, I would have fixed. But no, he was exactly where he needed to be or he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And that taught me a great lesson that, you know, counseling tells you you help people change. Sometimes people don't want to change. Absolutely. And they are where they need to be, and that's okay. I love that you just shared that story, and it's kind of funny that I'm talking to you today about this, because I just read something that said, think about how hard it is to change yourself, and then how could you expect to possibly change someone else when you can't, you know what I mean? So many people try to break something and can't. Nobody can change somebody else. Yeah. Unless they give you permission. Right. And even then, I mean, it's just... So what's the, the next big thing coming up for you guys? Because I know during the holidays, y'all always have major you know events going on and that kind of thing. But do you find in the summertime, y'all maybe need more you know help or more people to think about volunteering? You know what I mean? During, during times Actually, like that? yes. You know, this is a time when families are taking vacations, so we don't get as many volunteers. Uh, they have children at home, so they are more limited in their time. And uh, what happens also is, Children are out of school, mm-hmm. and uh, people that are that have limited resources now they're having to feed their kids three meals a day. Right. Oh, instead of, of course. Yeah. Yes. While they're in school, they get breakfast and lunch. Mm-hmm. So the the demand goes up, and yet uh, the volunteers and the donations are down because people are busy with other stuff. Of course. So uh, during the the, the the summer, it, it, we have hardships mm-hmm. that way. We, we have to take care of these kids, and at the same time, uh, we just don't have as much help. Right. Okay, so if somebody wants to help, how do they do Volunteers, that? you know, any groups. Uh, we have had a few kids that were here uh, from San Antonio that came to do some, I think it, they were going to volunteer with uh, Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. But it was raining. Oh, was that last week? Yes. Oh. So guess what? Of course. They needed. They came to us. Oh, and then we it got out. all the kids. <laughs> yeah. So groups like that are always very helpful okay. because they help us a lot. Yeah, and so just a single person, you know, absolutely like, I want to start helping out. Just one person too. Just call us if you have some time, and we'll accommodate you. We're open until eight o'clock at night. So okay. if you can come after work, sometimes we get groups like from banks. Mm-hmm. After work, they come as a group and they oh, do wow. it once a month. So we, we accommodate people any way that we can because we really need help. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a message I'd like to pass on too. I mean, yes. you are helping and your group are helping out tremendously. And, and because y'all are a nonprofit, you know, any way the community can assist you guys, we definitely need yeah. to do that. Um, well, I just want to thank you so much for being on You're my welcome. podcast, especially last minute. I, I mean, just thank you. I, I appreciate it. I know you're a busy lady and just keep doing what you're doing and making the difference. Well, thank you so much. Yes. We appreciate uh, your help also to, to put the war out. Well, thanks everybody. That's B. Hansen with the Coastal Bend Food Bank. <laughs>